cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Welcome to Fashion Lab on Clip Central, guys. I hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you are. My name is Liz Ogumba Regis Ford, your host. And thank you for tuning in to our Fashion Lab show. Now, this is the last Thursday of the month already, and uh, we are engaging on our Fashion Designer exclusive with a very special guest who will I, I will introduce to you um, shortly. Now, this Fashion Designer exclusive is like another wind-down session that we run each month to kind of unpack more detail from your favorite fashion brands slash designers um, within the continent of the African diaspora. You, obviously, are welcome to plug into their journey. This is where we really unpack their stories, uh, we talk about their ethos, their values, their businesses and where they're coming from, where they're headed to, um, just, you know, with so much more, more more time. I believe we are all in different journeys. However, there's always something new to learn from these exclusives, whether it affects the way that you run your own fashion business or the idea of getting into this business and what it actually entails. Um, now, we will be joined on the show by Morik Stein, who is our internationally accredited beauty consultant slash makeup artist, and she'll be glamming us up with Glam Up for a dose of makeup and beauty tips. We're also joined on our uh, our show by our New York contributor, Edgy Benson, with his Echoes from New York. Edgy Benson runs NU New York, which is a fashion services company based in New York, sourcing services to fashion brands and fashion houses worldwide. Uh, wel- welcome to the show, Edgy. Now, I don't know where Edgy is. We're going to find him just now. But just a quick reminder to you, my favorite segment at the end of the show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's. It's also a very unwinding sort of last segment where we really just get to hang out and chill and take it easy. Um, now, keep your tweets coming. We are on Fashion Lab AF. We are on Facebook at Fashion Lab Africa. Sorry, uh, yes, Fashion Lab Africa, and we're on Instagram at Fashion Lab Africa. We'd love to hear from you, and we just want to move on and get onto this. Now, allow me to introduce uh, our welcome, uh, our special guest today. Um, in 2013, she earned a title and award, which is the Namibian Young Designer Award, and completed a fellowship at Copenhagen International Center for Creativity in Denmark, which gave her an opportunity to work with other bigger names in the game. Now, she's shown her design work in some great platforms, including FIMA in Niamey, Niger, for those who know, uh, Berlin Fashion Week, Mozambique Fashion Week, and recently I just met her in Mod Africa in Lisbon. Uh, Nicola specializes in tailored garments catering to the businesswoman. Sophistication, elegance, and chic is what she thrives to achieve every step of her journey. Allow me to introduce to you our fashion designer exclusive with our special guest, Nicola Conradi. Hi. Hi. Hello. Aloha. <laughs> How are you today, Nicola? Good. How are you doing? We are, we are doing great. Uh, we're doing even better now that you're on. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us on today's show and congratulations on your fashion journey so far. Now, before we go on, I'm sure you know our ritual here. We normally want to know who's wearing what and what's inspiring the look. So I'm throwing that back at you right now. What you're wearing and what's inspiring your look is what we want to know before we move on. What I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And you can be creative. You know, we don't want to know, if, you know, it's, fashion is a creative world. So uh, what are you wearing and what's inspiring your look? Well, um, I, I am, I'm a more classic, simple kind of kind of girl. So everything I do is very classic, but simple, like very tailored outfits, like very, you know, you get your shirt, your white shirt and your black pants. Like I am typical. My creativity goes on how to make this simple look more artistic, more creative. So, so that's me. Like, um, I, 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 I do simple, like I'm really simple. So, what and, I, so um, but Nicola, but I just asked you one question. The one thing oh, I want to know. <laughs> it's great to know your style aesthetic, but what we want to know here in studio and just for those who are tuned in is what, what are you wearing today and what's inspiring the look? Oh, um, I am in um, a, a tee and uh, black pants. <laughs> so, basic black t-shirt and a black pants. And what's inspired? So, very simple. Um, very simple look. Uh, also, I, I, I was in. Um, I was busy manufacturing some things, so I had to be a very. I had to be a bit more casual than all the other days. So. Um, 
more simple look today as well, only because I'm working as well. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to, um, Nicola, thank you for joining us today. And before we move on into this conversation and really talk about your fashion journey, I'd like to just welcome Edgy onto the show as well, because he, I was looking for him a while ago. Edgy, are we here? <laughs> Yes, my. I lost you for a minute. No, my Skype was. I could click, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Some nothing was happening. I was like, oh man. Well, welcome to the show, Edgy, and thank you for joining us as well. Um, Now, what are you wearing, and what's inspiring the look? Before I go back to uh, the matters at hand. And please don't tell I'm me, jeans. Be creative today, please. I'm yeah. a, no, I'm as casual as Nicola today. So what? Black and white? Black tea or white tea? Black definitely pants? A black, definitely a black tea and jeans. Okay. Well, but it's seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you forget that. Yeah, no, I don't forget. I, like I said, that's why I always give room for creativity, and I always add that little. It's the line. It's the little white, the smaller print that says, "Be creative." That's just an opportunity to tell you that. Listen, we understand your situation, but you know, take it to where you want to take it. It's fashion. We'll let you slide. Anyway, I want to. Um, Thank you for joining us, Edgy. I want to go back to Nicola, um, because that's the reason that we are uh, actually having this exclusive. And um, I want to just go straight um, into uh, your work, Nicola, as a fashion designer, as a Namibian fashion uh, designer who's working in the continent and still really spreading your wings and flying around to make sure that you can tap um, into various markets. Now, can we just go straight into matters and talk about where you, your fashion journey all began or where the inspiration of your work began? I just want to get a bit of a background. Where, what's your background when it comes to your fashion and why are you in this business? Okay, so um, I always wanted to do fashion. Like I, I, since a kid, like it's always what I wanted to do. So um, I studied... Uh, I studied at, um, I was in Cape Town for like a year. I did like a bridge course at um, Elizabeth Galloway and it wasn't quite what I had in mind. So um, I went to to Milan um, and I did um, a year there, but then it was also not, it was a bit more in a direction I didn't really want to go into. So <laughs> I went, to, it was all fashion related, <laughs> but it wasn't quite what I had in mind. So um, I went to Florence, and uh, that's where I did my um, three-year undergraduate in fashion design. And, um, yeah, I, I finished it there. I And, yeah, I came back. <laughs> and then what? And then the brand was born. <laughs> and then the brand was born, yeah. That's the first thing I did once I got back. So my my um, the reason I'm laughing and I just can't help it is that you seem to have gone to a few places and it wasn't what you're looking for. But then you say there was too much fashion, and I'm thinking, were you going to chef school? <laughs> were you were yeah. you looking for a culinary school or were you looking for fashion school? Because obviously, fashion schools will offer you fashion. No, no, everything was fashion. <laughs> but what were you looking? No, for? No, no, it was like. Um, like the one was more only into garment construction. The other one was only into fashion illustration. Okay. And then the one I obviously settled down with was like the full package. So I didn't, I wanted the full package because I wanted to be able to do everything. Like hmm. Have the knowledge on that. <laughs> everything I didn't. Edgy, stop. So, <laughs> Edgy, fasten your seatbelt, step aside. Uh, the queen has arrived. <laughs> I, I know. I, it's funny, I was just going to ask her that question and I was wondering what was she looking for? <laughs> now, nice. now listen, Nicola, with all these millions of brands and designers in the world today, including myself, Edgy, Shaniqua, Peter, whoever else is in the design world, what demand do you believe your brand is actually fulfilling and what do you think sets your brand apart because obviously in this business the the idea is to also make sure that we understand uh what gap we're actually filling and make sure we fill that gap otherwise you know what's the point so what what brand what do you believe uh your brand is fulfilling what sort of demand well um i believe in standards and because i studied in a place like italy you 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 become aware of detail so 
when you see um, that the tar- like when you walk in the streets and you see like what people are into, you know that clothing needs to be worn throughout. <laughs> like it will never be something that will stop being produced because we need clothes to wear every day. Mm-hmm. So I was I was I was focusing on what is it that people need but still look good. And I I, I was privileged to be in a place where this was so evident. Everyone in the street looked a certain way. And, you know, that's what, what called, called my attention, especially in Italy, that people dressed up and and yeah, went to work and they were casual, but how they went to work, how they felt when they walked, walked around in the streets, when they had their clothes on, there's a, there's a type of confidence when you, when you see Italians walking in the street wearing a certain mm-hmm. thing like and that was my that was my my aim like I wanted because I'm a really simple person like uh, I needed I needed it to feel good because that's what I saw on the streets like they walked in like a plain t-shirt but you could see that that plain t-shirt was like a that and serious all of that. Plain t-shirt <laughs> yeah so so that was it it was more more luxury simple kind of wear but that was my that was what i wanted to do i mean i i wanted to make like all bunch of things but i wanted it to be a luxurious feel good kind of comfort wear and did you accomplish that yeah, today do you feel well, like you've accomplished yeah, that, that today? Is that, or is it a work in progress? But that's really your journey. And no, that is, that was my number one thing. Like if I was going to make clothes and that wasn't the, what I was aiming for, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would start again. So that would, that, that was the base of, of my, my fashion career or it is still. So, um, yeah. So what does fashion mean to you, Nicola? You know, fashion is my life. <laughs> fashion is everything. Like I've, I've, I mean, I, I've, I've known that this is what I wanted because it was so me from back then until now. Now it's, it's, it consumed me. I think <laughs> it's more than a passion. It's, 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 it's me. Like, uh, and and it's something that I know it won't die out because, like I said everyone needs it like everyone needs something to wear it's just some people choose to wear something that makes them stand out and that's what it is like it doesn't need to be more expensive per se but when you wear it you will know now i have a question i have a question for you and i'm going to touch on edges mindset as well but so you know that um when you look at the economy um generally in most african countries um you know the hierarchy of how people spend is different from you know it's different all over the world so there are priorities and i would say that when you look at certain countries where most african countries i would say that the more than half the population is actually living on the lower side of uh yeah. of of the class so it means yeah. that the first thing uh julia is thinking about in burkina faso is uh what's my children going to eat do they have, is there bread and tea in the morning for them uh what about their uniform maybe that might be the next thing uh, what about their health? Yep. You know, just so at the end of the day, the question I want to or the conversation I just kind of want to pop throw out there is, do we think because generally what people say is, oh, well, the price points are very high. They say, but look at the quality. And then it makes it feel like, no, I'm just saying edgy. Yeah, it's the quality. And I'm like, but the quality is supposed to be it's not a, it's supposed to be a no brainer. No one should be talking about quality. Like the quality is supposed to be a part of the garment, whether it's selling for ten dollars or whether it's selling for a million dollars. So I feel like in the continent, there's bigger and better excuses around. Yeah, you know, that's why the other brand is selling so high because, you know, us, we're just making clothes. And uh, I, w- I would love to just kind of pick your mind because of the fact that you're based in Namibia and you're hustling in that industry. And uh, you obviously know how the consumer um, behavior affects your sales 
um, and based on yeah. just where people's mindsets are. And then I want to go to Edgy to also just touch on that thing of, oh, it's a thousand dollars because it's quality. Come on. Even the ten dollar one could be ten dollars, but the quality is, is there, but, Okay, let's go to Nicola first. <laughs> let's talk about it from a Namibian perspective. Uh, okay, let me just say, if it is a ten dollars shirt, um, you have a lot of things to dis- to 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 think about because it's like the quality of the fabric, it's the labor. I mean, if it's gonna be like um, mass production kind of t-shirts that you just need to sell for ten dollars, I'm not gonna think about like good quality fabrics and stuff like that. I'm going to think like bare minimum, like if there is a t-shirt fabric that is the cheapest that I'll, I'll take. And that's, that's, that distinguishes between the more expensive shirt and the less expensive, like the more time you put into it, or if you just want to sell then I mean, here it's, here it's the same. There are not so many people that would spend so much on like a t-shirt for instance, and they'd rather buy something cheaper. But also, I mean, we have like our target markets, but I wouldn't, it would, it would change my brand if I'd have to say, no, um, I have to think about my people. Then I will have to completely shut down what I (laughs) in and, and just make, like a whole bunch of mass production and get like cheap fabrics and make like a whole bunch of t-shirts and just sell it like crazy. So Nicola, before I go to edgy, where would you say from a scale of one to 10, when it comes to your sort of price points, uh, where are your price points for, for your market? Are they from a scale of one to 10, where would you say your price points would be? Six, seven. Okay, cool. So it's not crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's affordable. It's not, it's not uh, crazy. Really for my <laughs> Edgy, I want to come back to, I want to come back to Nicola in a minute. Edgy, what are your thoughts around this thing? Because this thing is like a very big thing. I hear it all the time. Oh, you know, yeah, because yeah, theirs is like a thousand because it's just like so much good quality. But ours like because, uh, uh, eh, Abby. I beg, make you talk to me, Edgy. I beg. I am listening. <laughs> My ears well, are I, I, I think maybe because in, in Africa we are the, the industry is struggling, or not really struggling, but we Edgy, are evolving. Edgy, if I hear you <laughs> saying struggling one more time, <laughs> I, okay, I will, I will, I will get all the uh, Namibians, the Kenyans, the South Africans, the Nigerians, and the whole shebang, and we will come and fetch you. We will come and get you in the ship. But anyway, continue. I know you're trying to make a point. My struggling, I'm, I'm saying it in, in a certain context. Now. I, I think in Africa, designers are struggling to, 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 to start themselves on, on, on the population, on, on the market and say, I am who I am. So this is my price. You know, I think if not, price shouldn't be really, uh, I mean, there's market segmentation out there. There's, there's, there's so much product variety in the market. If the customer wants to buy a $10 t-shirt, they know where to get a $10 t-shirt. But if you're going to buy a brand t-shirt and the brand t-shirt is $60, you have to understand it's, it's just a brand perception. You know, it is what you feel about that brand and you, you trust the brand that you're getting that t-shirt is going to elevate the way you feel about yourself, you know? So that's, that's, I feel Africans, we struggle a little bit just because I think our perception of, of our, of our designers or maybe there's not a whole lot of, name big name um drives around our designers so we question price sometimes but yeah the market so the market lives on 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 these price differences yes dior is a dior t-shirt is 100 or maybe 200 dollars uh zara t-shirt is i don't know like 20 dollars or 10 dollars and Nicolas T-shirt could be fifty or sixty dollars, but that's what makes the market tick. You know, these variations in in prices. Um, you know, so. However, think, however, mm-hmm. the African consumer. I love what you're saying. The African consumer may not still understand. They're not very forgiving when it comes to that. It's like the first that's, thing. That's I'm, what I mean by the struggle, really. 
That's my, actually, that's what I was talking about when I said this. So I think the struggle in Africa is how designers kind of sell themselves and say, this is my price. And the market understands that, you know. Without them, without us going home hungry. Yeah, without us going home hungry. (laughs) You know, that comment can take you home on a stretcher, you know, not home. Ward 24. You know, um, it's interesting, but also another point just to add on that, I think that Nicola made also was the fact that, you know, then might as well just go mass production, cheap fabric and just forget about, forget about, forget about the, the special side of this business, which is, I think, that beautiful offering without compromising quality, without compromising mm-hmm. anything and without taking shortcuts, like Edgy says. So um, it's interesting to know what that is. But, you know, again, these conversations help us also um, just kind of um, enlighten uh, the continent uh, from a consumer perspective and also uh, really uh, put our feet down because I think we just need to put our feet down. Um, but anyway, I want to go back to... Uh, this conversation, Nicola, um, because of the fact that, you know, we had you on uh, about, you got your feedback around two weeks ago, I think, when we we're talking about counterfeiting and copying the industry today. And you gave us some feedback, which was very sad. Oh, gosh, that was a sad show generally. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that was a very sad show for those who are tuned in, go two weeks before. So not last week. Last week was a very happy show. Uh, the week before was a very sad show. We're talking about counterfeiting. And I remember that even Nicola's feedback, I mean, was very sad. And we just kind of almost cried when you finished talking. But is there a chance for the fashion industry to grow sustainably in Namibia with all that's going on on that counterfeiting note? And then I'm going to come back to Edgy because Edgy sent me something very shocking on what's happened. I haven't actually responded because I don't know what to say. But Nicola, where is the future of this Namibian fashion space? Is it sustainable? Is it looking like uh, mindsets will change? And uh, do you think the consumers are... understand the industry, understand the offering coming from the brands, especially the brands who are doing great work. Where is this thing going? I, To be honest, I don't think anyone knows <laughs> because uh, it's difficult. Like I, I, I have been taught these things and I come here and it's completely different and I, I have to try and, and uh, I mean, I can't say much and do much, but that is how it is. Like I would, it, it's difficult because here even even people the people don't understand that you know designers cannot do that. But here <laughs> it's not like here it's 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 here it's the norm. So no, seriously, yeah, to me I'm just it's it's shocking, but it is true. So I don't know if so the, there'll the be the magazine clippings and stuff. That's what people. That's fashion. That's the industry. Yes. Basically. Yes. And the designers True, just do it anyway. The thing is, most of the designers here are not really. I mean, it's like like I. St- I don't know if I said that every weekend there's a new designer popping up. So it's like every weekend, you guys. <laughs> this is every, no, seriously, every weekend you find out that there is some new one who did a collection where, where, where. But then it's things that you've actually seen. And, you know, so you can't say much because I don't think the people know that, you know, it's not allowed. Also, the designers <laughs> here are, not allowed. are literally like people who pop up. So um, it's difficult. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. change <laughs> mentality. I really don't know. I don't want to be negative, but it's been, it's been like this for the past three years that I've been back. So that's what it is. Wow, Edgy, what's going to happen? And you know, what's tricky is I haven't even spoken to, I probably only spoken to maybe Kenya, Nigeria, and maybe Ghana on like a ba- you know a more regular basis but let's talk about all the other countries in the continent all the other small the other you know like what are people doing i mean besides markets which is also really breaking our businesses into like markets are just like our biggest competition i think in most of the continent where second hand clothes arrive and that's what people are selling and that's what people can afford and that's what they are wearing so while Liz is busy trying to sell a skirt for 60 dollars they're like honey i got my versace for a dollar how about that what you gonna what you gonna do? And they know the brands they're aware. Edgy, what are, what's your what do you think is what's what's coming? 
gosh, we need a Nicola Cooper app in, in this place. <laughs> no, What's I think, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I, I, listening to Nicola even two weeks ago, three weeks ago to now, I still feel it's the same, the same sentiment. I just feel like, I, I don't know, maybe there isn't enough respect within the industry for people to understand that fashion design is actually something that people, you don't have to, like I have repeated this before, you don't have to have gone to the best schools of fashion design or whatever. Mm -hmm. People are, some people are just naturally gifted, mm -hmm. but it is an art form, it is a business too. Mm -hmm. But it, it just to be able to separate the chaff from the real people in Africa has become so difficult because yes. the market is not, the market, <laughs> yeah. is not a, the market is not sophisticated enough to pick out yeah. all this to, to, to filter, uh, there's not a filtration system. And filtration systems are like shows, you know, good quality shows, good quality companies that can produce the goods so that you can stand out and you can, you can, you can own up to your brand and, and price yeah. it however you want to price it. I think that's once Africans, while design in Africa can have these filtration systems in place, it becomes a bit easier for designers to assert themselves. Right now, people are just copying, you know, like just, yeah. and they don't even copy the idea, they copy the whole thing. I mean, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> crazy, you know? People are tired. So, <laughs> I beg. I mean, Africa, I mean, I mean, it's one thing that people can respect your idea, they can insinuate it in their work, you know, they can nuance a little bit. You know, but to just copy the whole thing, I mean, that's a, that's a violation, actually. Yeah. You know? Wow, guys, you know what? It's a um, almost. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that that's what's happening, but we have to constantly stay on our feet and find innovative ways of how to get ahead, how to move. And I think the one thing we're also not taking, about, uh, taking advantage of as the continent is globalization. You don't have to be stuck in a little corner in Timbuktu, just because that's your space where you live and that's what you've been doing for 20 years and your grandma also mm -hmm. did it and your mom did it there. And just like, guys, shut up and wake up and let's move. Like, you cannot be a victim. And I always feel like until we start doing, dif doing things differently, that's the only time that we're going to be able to start finding or, you know, achieving different results. And that's my line and that's my truth and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, I just want to go back to the constant evolution of fashion. Okay, so both from a consumption as well as design perspective, do you find yourself, Nicola, gravitating towards the online retail sector, which is also another platform, and I think, Edgy, you'll agree with me, that we have not really tapped on properly as Africa. Um, Nicola, have you thought about um, expanding your business and also really getting a strong online presence? Because the whole world is online. And the good news is the whole world is so big. And your new markets and the untapped markets and the people who still don't know Nicola uh, have an opportunity to know you and consume you, uh, consume your, your brand online. Um, and, and it's, it's, I think it's the part that, I mean, I'm working on it. I'm, I hope that the rest of the brands out here are also finding ways to really hurry up and get online because that's going to eliminate a lot of stress and also open up very big new avenues that you'll be surprised. I mean, somebody sitting somewhere in, in, in Italy, sitting somewhere in Netherlands, sitting somewhere everywhere in the world, and they just don't know that what they're looking for is right here, you know? Or is, is right by Nicola, is, or is by Edgy, or is by, well, not Edgy, Edgy's the wrong example, but just, have you thought of expanding online? Yes, actually I have. And are you? I've thought about it. Um, am I considering it? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, there are things that I have to consider first, but I have. I think, I think to be honest, it is, it is the better step. for me than like having like a million boutiques all over. I mean, it's it's good, but a lot of more people have access to it online because, uh, to be honest, in other parts of the world, most people don't go out to shop anymore. And they sit inside and they shop online. Yeah, obviously, the trends, um, the trends, so, the trends have changed. And therefore, uh, one of the things we also have to do is keep moving as 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 as, as trends yeah. move and evolve and adapt as quick as we can. So we can also get a little piece of this three 
trillion dollar pie that we don't yeah. waste our crumbs. Yeah, those ones. We don't need crumbs. We are like we should be on like some serious percentage. Um but that's uh, something that I'm also just thinking based on your conversation around what's happening in Namibia and I also always believe that you can be in a storm but you don't have to be affected by it. And that's the same yeah, sentiment that I push into my business and I say, listen, what's happening out there is happening anyway. So it's just about how you still be able to play in your space, you know, run your business, uh, make the best of, 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 the, yeah. of the best and the best of the worst. Make the most of the best and the best of the worst so that you're winning. Yeah. And that's why um, I came up with that. Now, I want to talk about consignment versus brick and mortar. Um, and obviously, seeing that you're not afraid to get out of your comfort zone in pursuit of business opportunities across your border, have you also... Mm. Do you, are you very strict about what sort of deals you make? Are you open for consignment deals or do you insist that buyers actually have to buy only what is working for your business? What have you tried? What are you looking to kind of, how do you want to move on that space? Because I feel like sometimes we get so caught up with, oh, I don't want consignment. But then at the end of the day, consignment could be uh, a new market that could just surprise you. And Edgy, I'm coming to you as well because your experiences on that side are also very different when it comes to consignments versus buying. Well, yeah, well, actually, I have... Um, oh, it's so tricky. Um, I, I I try to tap into as many different... Like, there is a, a project I did last year where I was traveling in different... Um, different continents and and then doing a little shoot and meeting some people like networking and 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 i've figured that, that it was more effective than being in one place doing things in one place like advertising in one place doing everything so like fixed like i can't go anywhere i'm just fixed to one place and 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 i was like why not why can't i go out and, and, and see like if there are clients, if there are, if there are people outside that can help, that can, you know, can add value and not just that, like also grow my business. Cause that's how, I mean, that's how you, that's how you grow as well. So do you have, um, do you have, so, speci so, so specifically, do you have any stores that are stalking you right now? And when you make those deals, are you open for consignment or buying or strictly buying or, consignment and buying or what are you on right now with when it comes to stores who order your stuff who actually sell your stuff well yeah consignment number one but um i my thing is more like if if i am able like because i i have so many things going on like i try I try not to get myself hooked on to one thing or hooked on to like i try I did do as much as possible. So if I have, like, if I'm producing like a few of something, I would, I would go to like a like a company boutiques and stuff like that, and I would, I would give off basically so, but, what is there, and not have like, oh, now every month I need to supply to you. Every month I need to do this. I need. At the end of the day, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm changing location. Like my my mind is so crazy. I keep changing. I keep. Trying but, new things. Yeah, so. but, but Nicola, so I have a question for you, but just also something for you to think about is, first of all, yeah. when you go into consignment and you're happy with that, don't you think from a business perspective that that actually hurts you and maybe the idea is to look more for buyers who buy other than consignment? Because consignment, if it doesn't sell, it's back to you. And then what do you do with yeah, it? Yeah, sure. And it keeps coming back to you. And then the second thing sure. is, yes, the second thing is we all say that we are... We want to win. We want. I want to grow. I want to do this. When you mm. get twenty-five or maybe tw maybe if you had to supply the store twenty uh, fifty pieces for your first uh, 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 say for your first uh, deal, and you supply them, and in one month they've run out, and they actually want seventy-five next month. Why would you run away from that? Isn't that what you wanted in the first beginning? Like, aren't we? Aren't we all looking to grow and expand? And how can you now start running away when the growth is coming? Because then maybe what we need to do is go back to our drawing boards and think about what we really want to do with our businesses. Because at the end of the day, if you feel tired, 
it's great, but that's just then. Then you're not. Then, then the question is: Are you sure that you actually want to grow? Because growth what? means that everything what? is coming in bigger numbers, and that's what's going to be happening. And headaches and demand. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do stay. I, I I stay and I supply, but the amount, like, like, because I'm still working on my um, factory space, so I have a few employees, but it's not enough. So when they ask like I try and keep it at a at a at a in a way that I can produce not that I that they want like 100 and I can only produce 50 and at the end of the day I'm like I'm gonna burn out so I I I don't want to I don't want to give like I don't want to give too much if I cannot produce because mm. if I'm doing it like on different different places and at the end of the day, I have to focus on one because the one is the one that will bring me growth. Mm. Then, um, I mean, I have to, I have to think. It's a lot of things to think about and to consider. <laughs> so you'll go to some other place and they, they're not selling and you have a consignment for someone else. And of course, like I stay and I, I produce for them, but I don't burn out. Like I, I can't because at the end of the day, so many things, so many things like um how do I say? So many things are affected. Like if 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 I do more than I can. So can all, the quality so, goes no. So all yeah. your production is in um Namibia for now. Namibia. Okay. Yes, for now, yeah. Edgy, what's your thoughts on uh, just your sentiments around this conversation when it comes to consignment and buying which I'm telling you gosh, I can have this conversation with you every day of the of the year and still have it again next year because it's just one of those but what are your thoughts and what would you advise maybe just brands that are um also just trying to find ways to penetrate um more when it comes to the buying versus consignment model and i know that the buying is not a choice i mean it's it's like looking for business and if you find this fantastic boutique who decides we'll take your stuff but we'll only do it on consignment then now are for you but the thing is that's what they want so it's also a very tricky conversation we're having because uh the buyer is not your business partner and if they decide that they no. only do consignments yeah. That's and that's yeah. their model. Then that's that's yeah. their model. So actually, what are your what's your two cents on this this before we uh, wind down? I think I think the do consignment in Africa actually. I think they're very lucky to still be able to do it. Um, as I think as as the industry sophisticates itself in Africa and the systems come on stream, why would you why would you even want to do consignment when there's fulfillment and there are payment systems that help you? You can just sell online directly. You don't need to do consignment. I mean, it's just it's it's dying. It's 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 it doesn't make sense to be honest with you. But oh the systems don't support designers that much at home to be able to do this. Um, but if you can, if the systems are there, you, don't, you can sell directly. There's a fulfillment company, the payment systems that work for you. And you can, I mean, you just asset yourself and sell your stuff um, directly. This consignment industry wouldn't even be something you have to bother with. But I, but I know at home you have to deal with it. It's, it's a pain, quite honestly. Um, but I would say if, I'm sure that within the industry at home, there are there are pockets where fulfillment is strong and their payment systems are are good. I think designers should look at those kinds of openings in wherever they live to see how they can assert themselves on their own. Mm. Consignment is, I mean, everything helps in the industry. I mean, including consignment, but I just feel like it's never a good deal for the designer. Yeah, but um, I am very, I have to just say, and this is not my exclusive, but I just have to just throw that in and just say that I have, I'm ha- I've got an experience, um, an opportunity that I am in. I'll talk about this store mm. another day, but this is mm. a very, what I'll say is I'm impressed. It's a South African fa- franchise store. Um, mm. and it has, they have 10 stores in the country and their systems are amazing. Edgy, you, for me, this is where I look and I say, ah, Africa is not sleeping actually. Let's just keep talking. Let's keep doing what we do because there's people who get it right. And when they get it right, it's just unbelievable. Payments on time, the system you log on to, you look at your sales, you replenish, you know, so even though it's consignment, the truth is 
I am very, very impressed. In fact, I'm surprised. <laughs> Let's just say that. But I want to come. I want to come back to you, Nicola. Now, um, where uh, do you see your brand in five years from now? Because obviously, we've had conversations. We'll keep talking, and we can keep talking. But at the end of the day, it's just like we know what's happening. We know where you are right now, and we just want to know where are you looking to take the Nicola brand to? What's the vision? Your five year vision. Or three years or one year, you know. Wow. Um, you know, to have um, been established in, like, Africa. Like, because everyone wants to go to Europe. Everyone wants to go to the States. But it's, it's tough. It's tough in Africa. But to be known in Africa is is tricky. So I, I, I've, been, I've been traveling in and out of Africa a lot. And I've... I've noticed like there's something different about the African fashion. Hmm. So why not try and go to different African countries and and, and be known there? Like hmm. not yeah, because I mean what we have is what most Europeans, most Americans don't have. Hmm. So um, that is it. Like I I I mean yeah, want to I want to go to Europe. I want to go to the states, but. It's 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 different in Africa. Like the feel in Africa is not the same in all the other countries. And when I see like even if you people if if we use things like African print, the majority of the Europeans, the majority, yeah, I mean it would sell because it's something different. But for how long? Hmm. Because I I mean being in being in Europe for so many years and. And 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 seeing like the change in the fashion industry, it hasn't been dramatic. They've always just stick to what they know. So it's it's, it's tricky in Africa. Here we do crazy things, <laughs> and we stick to our own. We stick to our crazy so, El uh, El Crayo. Yeah, <laughs> yes, our El Crayo. No, no structure, and it's great. Here the people. Here it's it's it's, it's Africa, and um, we we accept each other. The more in Africa, I don't know if it's our, if it's our culture, if it's, our, it's just us. Um, so here it's, it's, it's more warmer when it comes to change and when it comes to like, like our African um, cultures. And, so you are um, an African, it. you're an African girl at heart and you're basically saying, I am I'm going to keep it here and keep it oh, locked and here. spread my wings until we finish Africa. Then we move to the next place. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's been really nice having you on the show. And uh, the show is not over yet. We're going to uh, plug in Morag Stein uh, with her glam up. And then we're going to wrap up the show. So we are rolling over to Morag. Hi, Liz, and thank you once again for the beautiful introduction. All the listeners, welcome to another session of Glam Up. So the Lipstick Cut of the Week is actually a South African brand, which I'm really, really proud to talk about. And it's from the Euphrates Cosmetics um, range, which is actually known as a skincare range. And it's the smoochy, um, rich, matte liquid lipsticks. They're so, so beautiful, really amazing packaging. Um, they've actually sent me two colors to try out. They're really, really beautiful and such amazing colors that you can slay in. The names are by Jane and Sheik Mufasa. How amazing. Um, I will post pictures on my social media. So I'm just going to get right into it. I'm super excited to announce, that, as I mentioned last week, that I have actually started my body transformation. And I must say, as I'm sitting here, I can hardly walk. I can't lift my arms. I'm in a lot of pain. But I know it's all going to be worth it. And I've got the amazing Tanya Delanga sitting across me. And we're going to just talk about exactly how important um, fitness and health is within the makeup industry, within the fashion industry, and how it can really influence your life. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marag. I'm so excited to have you on board. Funny, this is been a year. I know, it's been like six months. I've been trying to get you you here all the time, and I'm so happy that we can finally collab and make this happen. So, Tanya, just quickly, um, I just want to know, what are your thoughts um, on fitness becoming a lifestyle and fashion trend? Well, fitness is a lifestyle. We just have to embrace it. I think there comes a time when you can only do so much where you actually have to start rewarding your body and give back. So ideally, um, with that, it will have to become a lifestyle. And to make it more fun, we've in, you know we are introducing fitness gadgets into it. We are introducing luck streetwear into the gym, out on the street, and we are just trying to move away from the normal stuff and bring in a little bit of fun and color. 
That's amazing. That's, it's so nice to, to hear how fashion also influences fitness, you know. Um, and then tell me, why is keeping healthy and fit for industry people? So when I talk about that, I'm talking about makeup artists, fashion designers, celebrities, etc. Why is it so important? And I'm referring to food and exercise specifically. Murat, initially we are all brand ambassadors of our own brands and we've got to have a certain look that we want to deliver and portray and we are building a lot of followers. So with that, we need to take good care of our eating plans and our bodies. Um, you know, no one wants to be or follow someone who can't portray what we are trying to address and sell to our clientele. Um, and then Tanya, also why, you know, with me specifically, um, you know, when I'm on set, it's a long day on set, it is difficult for me to, to eat in a day, um, and it's specifically to eat healthy. Um, what would you recommend to, you know, um, makeup artists out there who have long set days? How could they sort of fit into being healthy and exercising? You know, let's get real. There's a lot of fitness people out there who are introducing a fitness brand and they do your food prep for you. They are all over the show. There's a couple of brands. I'm not going to name any, but um, they they do. You'll, they'll take your food plan. They'll prep it for you. They'll deliver it for you free of charge. They are all over the show nationally. So just get in contact with me. So, I mean, Tanya, what you're basically saying is there is really no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to think about what you want to do and thoughts become things. So where yeah. your mind goes, the body will follow. 100%. Um, Tanya, you know, so with me doing the body transformation, um, I just want you to explain to our listeners what a body transformation is and what the benefits are of it. So body transformation is a challenge. And... Um, Basically, for me, what I like to do is introduce online body transformations where I will basically do your eating plan and your training plan for you, whether you are working from home, whether you are working from gym. What I do is I do a questionnaire, I look at your lifestyle, and we have weekly, second weekly reviews. This is um, an application that you download on your phone, and I get to monitor it no matter where you are based in this world. Um, So initially... Um, what you need to do is you need to practice discipline and get yourself up to stick to my calendar and times and I will guide you and it's just by pushing through. A body transformation is a challenge to be above average to practice discipline that you can take through in your day-to-day life. I think you just scared me all over again. (laughs) Um, So, you know what, the the most amazing thing about, as you were saying, is that there is an application that you can download on the phone. It is accessible worldwide. So to all those makeup artists, hairstylists that are traveling around the world, celebrities that are traveling around the world, there is once again really no excuse. You are your own (laughs) business card. Do you make excuses for your business? No. (laughs) And then also, Tanya, we're just wrapping up quickly. Um, How can listeners get in contact? with you um yeah Mark, i love using um social media my best one is facebook so find me tanya delonga you can find me on instagram on at original tanya you can find me shape shift body transformations rather just find me on my facebook handle and on my instagram Amazing. Thank you so much, Tanya. Um, I will be posting all of Tanya's um, social media handles up on my social media so that you can follow her directly. And you know what? To all my Glam Up listeners, um, I know today wasn't really a beauty segment as such, but I just want to incorporate how... Um, sort of important fitness is whether you're a fashion designer whether you're um, you know a makeup artist and it's not about just eating what's in front of you I know set food is absolutely disgusting so it's really about once again as Tanya said about the discipline and really getting our butts into shape and that's all from me today you can follow me on social media that's at Moragstein M-O-R-A-G S-T-E-Y-N thank you Thank you, Morag, and thank you, Tanya, and thank you to all of the fitness uh, ideas and the fitness uh, world out there as well. Um, Edgy and Nicola, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are going to just, uh, for Nicola, I just want to get uh, your, either you can share your website or your social media handle so uh, our listeners can also connect with you. Um, do you? Hello? Nicola? 
Okay. Uh, I think we lost her. Okay. We've lost her. Anyway, Nicola has been great. Uh, uh, she's a fashion designer uh, who's based in Namibia. She's Namibian. She's doing her thing. And uh, sometimes it's really uh, important to have this exclusives because we really get into the minds of this amazing creatives and we've got to love them. Um, anyway, I want to just move straight to who would you want to dress and why without taking much time. Um, Edgy, we will start with you <laughs> because it's just me and you. Oh. Uh. Okay, um, today I would like to dress you, and don't argue about this, but to be honest, I, 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 was think, I was thinking today, like just sitting at Fashion Week and seeing all of these styles, I'm thinking, you know, I could shock Liz with some of these styles, you know, <laughs> like, this, like this boxy androgynous don't clothes, ever you can't if you if, if, you're, if you're dressing me in those edges you can't dress me sorry <laughs> like really dress no, Nicola that's why I said I would shock you because you'll be so amazed at how good you make them look really but why do people Seriously. do the box stuff anyway that's just not my business but why so we so we headed though I think this is this general move away from this elegance that is so confining to a more to a freer elegance. No, you know? I I think my elegance, which is like get that waist in, baby, flow the let the dress flow, let your empire align sit nice. Let I feel like that's the woman's femininity. That's that woman's touch. Like how do people just want to look like they're floating on hangers because everything I is like oversized and boxy? Why? You know, I edgy. think femininity is evolving. Listen, I am a woman and I want to look like a woman. So when you see me, you will find me. If I'm doing dinner, I want to wear my beautiful gown that is hugging my little hips and my little tush and like flowing. I want to show my beautiful long legs. I want to do all of that because that's what makes me feel like a woman. I want to wear my high heels, not those silly block heels. If I see one more of those blocks, when is that trend over? Edgy. Anyway, listen, listen, Edgy, you need to ask me who I want to dress because we need to wrap up. <laughs> yes, that's what I want to ask you. Alright, after all of this, who do you want to dress? I today want to dress you, Edgy. And I would like to dress you in... um you know, you actually dress really well. I'd like to dress you in one of my Lizzo Goomba blazers. I've got some beautiful, well-cut, well-tailored blazers that I only tried on Nick, my husband, um, for a few, for almost a year or two now. And I feel like he's the only one wearing them and we need different form. <laughs> different different it, men shapes, there. different men personalities because he just thinks he's the king. And I'm like, king, there's another king and other kings that will be wearing this blazer. So I'd love to put you in one of those beautiful it's well tailored. It's simple. It's summer blazers, but they are really well tailored. I mean, you love it, I and, and love I think it. I would compliment you really well. And Morag, who would you want to dress today? Today, I want to dress Khloe Kardashian purely because I'm a little bit obsessed with her, and I'm also doing a body transformation. So she's a little bit of a role model for me this week. Um, yeah, and I just think she's really fabulous. Tanya, who would you like to dress? You know what, Morag, speaking about Chloe, I really look up to her and I'm following her on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> but I would actually really like for her to dress me and help me with my style and fashion. However, I would like to do my body transformation on that big butt of hers. <laughs> Haha, ha, guys, you heard it all. This is the, <laughs> this is the fashion lab. This is where we dissect the business behind fashion. We hold it down here every Thursday, 2 p.m. Central African time. And we've got so much more goodies coming up. Uh, so you guys stay tuned. We're on www.fashionlabafrica.com. We'd love to hear from you. So please keep connecting, keep reaching out to us. Peace and love until next week. And thank you, Edgy. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com cliffcentral.com